Today on Learn Me Something. The treasure of Forest Fen. Versus. Fallen with Kim Jong-un. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Caleb. And my name is Josiah. And this is Learn Me Something. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Let me just start this by saying that uh, Josiah and I have never done a podcast, so if there are awkward silences and ridiculous moments, it's probably because of our personalities, but it might be because we've never done a podcast, so bear with us. Oh my gosh, yeah. So this podcast is a little bit different. The whole idea is it's about competitive teaching. That's right. So tell them, tell them a little bit about what that means. Yeah, so a lot of podcasts you'll see, the two podcasters, or however many, they team up and they try to speak together and it's really uplifting and happy and you leave feeling refreshed. This is not that. Essentially, this is a competition in which after we teach, there will be one loser and there will be one winner. So basically our goal as presenters is to prepare a topic, to take it to your ears in the form of a podcast, um, and then afterwards it will be your job as a listener to vote for which one of us did better. Yeah, yeah. So at the end, we're going to have our audience vote, and you can do that a couple ways. We're going to have a couple social media accounts open that you can vote on on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. We'll have a poll at the end of each podcast. And whoever loses, gets the least amount of votes, has to do a punishment that we'll talk about during the episode. Yeah, we've, uh, <laughs> we've already been brainstorming some punishments, as we're calling them. And uh, I'm already really looking forward to trying to prepare really well, <laughs> because I do not yeah. want to do any of our ideas. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be awesome. Yep. Um, so on social media... You can find us at Learn Podcast. That goes across the board. And we'll, we'll link those below, so it should just be a click away. Yeah, so in a nutshell, uh, and obviously this is our first one, so we are just kind of diving in headfirst to this whole new world. But in a nutshell, that, my friends and competitors, is Learn Me Something. Welcome. So if you don't know Caleb or I, we are lifelong friends who have known each other since before we can remember. Um, We've grown up together, uh, gone to school together, but now we live in different states. He lives in the south, I live in the north, and uh, so this will be a fun fun way to to just hang out while people listen to us hang out, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, a little eavesdropping. And then while we're hanging out, people will just be judging us, and the person who hangs out worse will be punished. (laughs) Yeah, we welcome we welcome the judgment. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, should we dive in? Uh, yeah. So we, to decide who's going to present the topic first, we're going to play a game every week. And yep. this week's game is called Type Racer. Yeah. So this is a game we played in computer class when we were in elementary school. And we just rediscovered it. So we're going to jump on here. We're going to play Type Racer for a bit. The winner of Type Racer gets to choose if he would like to go first or second. You ready, Josiah? Here we go. All right, join race. Time. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 78 words per minute. 80 words per minute. That's... What's your accuracy? Um... Uh... 96.5%. Oh, 97.6. Okay, so you won. We're pretty good type... High five for good typing. Okay, All right, do you want to go first, or should I go first? Um, 
You know what? I think I will go first and just make this thing happen. Okay. All right, Josiah, you little rascal. Let me ask you a question um, that will give you a clue, per se, as to what my topic will be. Clues, clues. (laughs) Yep, that's right. No. The game clue. Nope. Um, In case you're wondering, I have not given my clue yet, and you wouldn't guess it in a million years. Okay. So... Here is the clue. Where warm waters halt. Toilet bowl. Yep. Really? Nope. Uh-huh. <laughs> Any other guesses? Uh, you, have, you have two more guesses. Uh, uh, hot tub. Nope. Okay. You don't have any more guesses because no, you... <laughs> I have one more. A... Uh, sink. No. Okay, what is it? All right, am I, will you let me go now? I'm done. Okay, how about this? And with my treasures bold. Toilet bowl. (laughs) How did that second clue still fit toilet bowl? All right, you know what, I'm just going, I'm going to just come out here and say it. I, my topic for today is to discuss with you the... Um, treasure of Forest Finn. I knew it. Will you? Is that okay? I didn't know it, but yes. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Okay, good. Um, this one's kind of fun, actually, because Josiah and I have chatted a little bit in the past about this, but I don't know how much he knows. So, call me out if I say something wrong. Uh, I don't know that much about it. Okay, good. But I will, gladly. Well, uh, let's, let's jump in here, then. Um, do you know who Forrest Finn is? Yeah. Okay. Old guy yep. who had some money. That's, that's all you need to know. Uh, yeah, so honestly, to give you a quick uh, spark note summary, Forrest Finn was an old guy who had some money, got some treasure, drove it out to the middle of nowhere, or hiked, or boated, we don't know, hit it, and then wrote a book with a poem as a clue. And he says, anyone who finds his treasure can keep it. Mm. And so this is, this is the stuff of movies and TV shows and um, docu-series, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> but it's happening right now. And if you scroll, if you really like Reddit, you'll probably stumble across it. It is a very popular topic and has been for the last 10 years. Um, oh, it's old. It's older than I thought it was. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, I guess... That's a good segue. Let me dive into some history here. Right. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. So Forrest Finn, um, he was a fighter pilot in the Air Force back in Vietnam. Um, he did that for 20 years. And in his free time, he would go join archaeologists on these special digs. Um, so if I had to make a guess, that's how he kind of found a taking to finding artifacts. And so he got out of Vietnam. Well, let me backtrack. When he was in the war, he would buy uh, these sculptures from artists who were struggling. Okay. And then he would make bronze casts of those. Just for fun? I don't, yeah, I guess. I don't know why he decided to start doing that, but he would buy these sculptures. He would make these bronze casts. And then most of the time, sometimes he would sell them, but most of the time he would trade them for these Native American artifacts. Is that legal? I'm sure, I would, have, I would guess that he probably talked to the artist. And said, hey, I'm going to make a... 
And I did, my research did tell me specifically that they were struggling. So they were probably just excited to see something go off the shelf. I guess so. And everybody's got to have a hobby. So. <laughs> my hobby is ripping off. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Anyway. Do that. I don't know. Okay. So he, so he took these and he would trade them for these Native American artifacts. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And so he got out of Vietnam um, and by... 1973, he actually had enough of these artifacts to open a gallery in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, and he quickly saw that he was good at this. <laughs> the gallery, what would you call that? Gallery host or just like guy who... Curator. Owned? Curator, that's yeah. good. Yeah, so he, he finds out he's good at this. Um, so good to the point that by the end of the 1980s, his gallery is bringing in $6 million a year on average in revenue. Um, so he's really, he's really doing well for himself. Um, and most of these, again, are old Native American artifacts. Uh, and then he's got some bigger ticket items. Um, and he'd have some famous people go through there. I think I read Steven Spielberg went to his shop and bought some stuff. So he's definitely made a name for himself as an old art dealer. Um, <clears throat> anyway, fast forward to 1988. So by this point, he's a rich man and his gallery is a huge success. Yeah. He finds out he's got kidney cancer. Um, and he's an older guy by this point. So he accepts pretty much that he's going to die. What year was this? This is 1988. Oh, wow. This is when he finds out. Yeah. Oh, so okay. he, his original plan was he's, I've got this treasure and not his whole gallery, but I'm assuming just some pieces that were more special to him um, worth a little bit more. Uh, he says, I've got these treasures and I would like to die with them and be buried with them in a place that I loved growing up. So he tells his wife this, he tells his family this, she says, that's a great idea, except for the fact that you're basically doing this with the understanding that people are going to rob your grave yeah. after you die. He says, yeah, no, that's great. I love that. Oh. And so they hatch the plan. <clears throat> um, what ruined the plan, actually, is the fact that he beat cancer. And his doctor had told him, listen, man, it's going to be a huge uphill battle. But, and so he, he's an older guy. He just says, all right, I'm going to die. And he beats cancer. So after that, after 1988, I don't know. I wasn't able to find how long his fight with cancer was, but at some point he beats cancer and then does nothing with the treasure, but he kind of has this idea yeah. in the back of his head, right? So here's where it gets exciting. Fast forward to 2010. He, out of nowhere, and we don't know his mindset, okay. he doesn't tell his wife. He doesn't tell his kids. Nobody knows except for him. Yep. He takes all his treasure and he puts it into this literal treasure chest that he spent $25,000 to buy. And I think he bought that treasure chest back when he thought he was going to die. Huh. But he puts all his treasures. Um, does that mean he, he bought a coffin? No, no, no. It's a small treasure chest. Actually, oh, it's not human sized. Yeah, it's a 10 by 10 square inch lockbox. 12th would, century Roman. That's a tricky, tricky treasure chest. <laughs> Well, I already have this coffin. May as well call it a treasure chest. <laughs> no, so he buys this treasure chest. He throws all his treasure in it. And out of nowhere, he drives to an unknown location in the Rocky Mountains. Okay. 
And he drops it off in the special place that he liked when he was growing up where he wanted to be buried. And he drives back, tells nobody. Again, doesn't tell his wife, doesn't tell his kids. So he's just taken his treasure, which based off of uh, what people have estimated is worth anywhere from one to about $4 million. Oh, wow. He just takes it, drives it out into the woods, in the wilderness, drops it off. I have a question. Yep. Um, so it's the pla- he buried it in the place that he wanted to be buried, but didn't he talk to his family when he thought he was going to die about where he wanted to be buried? Or is this a different place or just like close by? Uh, yeah, so same place. Um, he talked to his family about this plan, but he must have not told them the location at the time because to this day, his wife and his I think he has daughters. His wife and his daughters don't know where okay. it is. Okay. He is the only person on the planet who knows where the treasure is. So, does that answer your question? Yes. Okay, cool. Let's, let's cruise along here. So, fast forward a year. It's now late 2010, 2011. He, rele- he releases a personal memoir, memoir, and he calls it The Thrill of the Chase. Which is an epic name for a treasure hunting book. If they're going to make a movie, that's what they're going to the call thr- it. The Thrill of the Chase oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. by Universal Studios and or Marvel, depending <laughs> on how, how big it gets. And Marvel. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he releases this memoir and he makes a thousand copies thinking, I mean, he's a well-known guy, an older, well-known, richer gentleman. Yeah. But he thinks, and there's a quote by him saying something like, my mom is dead, so who's going to read this? So he makes a thousand copies and he puts this poem inside and the poem is the clue or the map, if you're smart enough, to the treasure. So within a pretty short amount of time, all of his books are sold out. Um, I read one source that said at the time to find the book used was like $370 to buy the book used. Because he had only made a thousand. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, so if you want, I can read the poem. Do it. Would you like that? Do it. Yeah. All right, uh, Larry. Can you spin us some mystery music, please? Here's the poem. As I have gone alone in there, and with my treasures bold, I can keep my secret where and hint of riches new and old. Begin it where warm waters halt, and take it in the canyon down. Not far, but too far to walk. Put in below the home of Brown. From there, it's no place for the meek. The end is ever drawing nigh. There'll be no paddle up your creek, just heavy loads and water high. If you've been wise and found the blaze, look quietly down your quest to seize. But tarry scant with marvel gaze. Just take the chest and go in peace. So why is it that I must go and leave my trove for all to seek? The answers I already know. I've done it tired and now I'm weak. So here, <laughs> sorry, there's, I heard at least two more clues that could mean <laughs> toilet bowl. <laughs> Why haven't people considered this? It's in a toilet somewhere. Something about leaving heavy loads <laughs> and below the brown. Oh, man. I mean, I don't know why more people have thought of it. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, it ends up, so hear me all and listen good. Your effort will be worth the cold. If you are brave and in the wood, I give you title to the gold. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. 
So he, re- he releases this, the world goes crazy, people search high and low all through the Rocky Mountains, um, and that's been the start of what people call the chase. And people, if you look on Reddit or really anywhere, people have theories or their own take on the clues, and it's just this really exciting process um, and uh, Forrest Finn has actually come out with a few more hints. Um, and so I'll read some of those. He's come out in interviews and said the clues are consecutive through the poem. So if you find the location of the first clue, you can follow the steps to get to the rest. So really everything resides on that getting that very first clue huh. right. And so he later releases that the first clue is... Begin it where warm waters halt. So if you can find where warm waters halt, which is kind of difficult to say to begin with, (laughs) then you're on the right track. Um, He's also come out and said that there are nine clues. He said that at some point he knows of people who have been within 500 feet of it. Um, He said at another interview with the HuffPost that people have been within 200 feet of it. Um, And he said that People have emailed him their theories and that they've got it right as far as, like, the first clues. Yeah. So, but the thing is, this has now been going for eight or nine years. But the other thing that's interesting is that nowhere in his poem or his book or in any interview did he specify that you have to tell someone that you found the treasure. So someone could have it and... Someone could have found it and could have just said, I'm keeping this money. Oh. So it's it's interesting. He has come out an interview uh, recently and said, to my knowledge, I don't know, or I don't think that the treasure has been taken. Yeah. But I also don't think he's been up to that spot often Mm -hmm. and probably... It would be a bad idea because if someone, People hey, can... that's Forrest Finn. Yeah. <laughs> Weird, he's walking. He's in the woods. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so interesting stuff. And there's a ton of theories. And uh, so people have kind of concluded, they've, people have made some conjectures that sound about right. He's come out and said that he was able to walk from his car to where he put the treasure twice in one afternoon. Which means it's not far from a road or a river if he put in with a boat somewhere. Um, But how does he get the boat back? Anyway. anyway. It's a whole nother clue. A whole nother, man. Uh, Yeah, and also the treasure, he's come out and said that it's about 42 pounds. So people have said, okay, well... He's like 80 years old when he hid this treasure. So it can't be that far. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that is the treasure of Forrest Finn. Now, people, he, he said that there have been about 300,000 people who have looked for it in uh, New Mexico, uh, Colorado, Wyoming, and Montana, between those four states. He's also said that the treasure is above 5,000 feet and that it's at least eight miles north of Santa Fe. Interesting. <clears throat> Do you have any... Do you know where it is? Um, Just off the top of your head. Yeah, I probably won't tell, though, because, you know, I want it. 
That's a good reason. Well, that's inter- interesting. Yeah, no, and uh, it's a it's been a big deal. Um, police and rangers have actually asked him to stop the hunt to take the treasure back because there have been deaths. Oh, I did hear that. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I read a few different sources that said a few different things. One source said there have been six deaths from people specifically looking for the treasure to the point where he's actually inter- been in an interview and said, listen, people are dying. You need to know I'm an old man carrying a heavy object. It's not in anywhere dangerous. So don't go into any cliffs like, Basically, be safe mm-hmm. because I was safe when I hit it, and it's yeah. not going to be in some crazy spot. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing is he never said it was buried, but he never said it wasn't. Mm. But he said that no one will find it just by happening on it. Yeah. You have to know the clues and follow the steps specifically. Mm. So, so you have it. Um, one of the guys who died, his name is John Murphy. He's the most recent death. Um, this was 2018. He fell off a cliff in Yellowstone. He fell 500 feet. Holy cow. Yeah. Another guy, Eric Ashby, was um, calls himself a searcher. That's what people have been calling themselves. Um, mm. He died trying to float the Arkansas River. They found human remains, and six months later were able to identify it as him. Uh, so people are taking this hunt very seriously yeah um one person i read has like put a mortgage on their house to be able to afford to go spend so much time looking for it yeah someone another person lived in hawaii sold all their stuff so that they could come and just search so it reminds me did you see the movie or i guess read the books if you're one of those people uh ready player one yep Reminds me a lot of that. Everybody's trying to yeah. figure it out. And one day, one person will get just the right clue and pick just the right spot, and that'll be it. Yeah, what do they call the people who look for the the uh, egg? It's the egg, right? Uh, oh, oh, what it was it? Gunters. Gunth- egg- Gunther. Gunther. Egg hunter. Gunter. Gunter? Gunter. It's one of them. Gunter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's the, the Sixers are the bad guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who trap people on treadmills and headphone or headsets to make them do their work. But no spoilers. Maybe that was just the movie. The movie is very different. Yeah. A good book, though. I, read, I watched the movie and read the book. It was, the book was good. Man. He's making a sequel, you know? Really? Yeah. He, I guess the, the movie author? was so yeah the movie was so successful that they asked him to write another one oh. so they could make a movie off that. <laughs> we'll see. All right, I'm dubious. Sounds good. <laughs> anyway, I'm dubious. <clears throat> okay. All right. So that's pretty much it, man. There's some theories. One of the popular theories, and then I'll wrap up here, is that uh, the Brown, referring to Brown, is the Joe Brown boot launch. Um, that's one of the more popular theories that I've seen. Uh, and then part of the poem says it's not for the meek. And there's something next to that, uh, boat launch called the devil's slide on Cinnabar mountain. Which does it talk about a slide in there? I don't think so. Oh, do you have any theories? I don't. I've got a pretty strong thought that somehow 
you have to get in a boat. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know, man. Because it says put in below. The only reason you would really say put in is... What? Yeah. What would you... I mean, I guess it could be a sneaky trick, but... I think you're probably right. I don't know. And then it says begin... Yeah, so it says begin at where warm waters halt, put in below the home of Brown. It's not far, but it's too far to walk. Oh, dude, it's gotta be some river somewhere. But then that begs the question, how did he get from his car to the treasure spot and back to car, but he he was the only person there. Yeah. Uh, Maybe you have to cross a river or a body of water. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. If you can't walk around it, you have to go across. Interesting. Another spot. There's, there's some big spots throughout the poem that people really focus on. Obviously warm waters halt is the first clue. So that's where people try to start. Um, Another one is if you've been wise and found the blaze. The blaze. In my opinion, if you are able to follow the poem just right, you end up standing in a spot where the sun reflects on something. Because it can't be a fire. Otherwise, because unless it's been burning for 10 years. I mean, maybe. And I feel like that's a giveaway. (laughs) He's rich. That's true. He should hire somebody to keep a fire going. Yeah, the blaze. Or it could be something that maybe looks like a flame. He did say, if you find, if you're able to find the blaze, the rest of it is straightforward. And like the rest of the poem makes sense if you're able to find the blaze. Hmm. All right. Um, let's just stop this here and, uh, yeah. Go on a little trip. Okay. And we'll be back in a week. Sounds good. See you, all you listeners who wanted to listen to our very first episode. Too bad. <laughs> okay. That's pretty much it, man. That is my very first competitive learning experience. <laughs> <laughs> and mine as well. Um, should, we, should we take a quick break? Let's take a quick break. All right. Sounds good. Great break. Yeah, that's nice. Okay, um, thanks for sharing. My turn. Here I go. Um, picture this: me sitting in my room mm. on my laptop, looking for things to research, mm-hmm. and I come across the North Korean rules for basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Do you picture it? I'm picturing. Okay. Um, so there's me reading, reading through. Yep. And this is what I'm reading. Um, a slam dunk is worth three points <laughs> in North Korea. Uh, for free throws, every time you miss, a point is deducted. What? Um, four points for every three-point shot that does not touch the rim. So for every, every time you swish a three-pointer, you get four, four. points. Yes. And why don't we do this everywhere? This is the best one. Okay. Um, in the last three, I believe seconds, I, I read three minutes and seconds, um, different places, but I think in the last three seconds, every point made is worth eight points. <laughs> any, any field goal. Um, so, <laughs> uh, they say that 
Kim Jong-un himself mm-hmm. made the changes to the game um, to change it up, get people excited. I love it. Which, just think, the last three seconds, if someone was down by seven, you could still come back. <laughs> That's hope if I've and ever make, heard it. Make one basket. <laughs> um, so there's me sitting there thinking, oh, what a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, North Korea plays basketball weird. And then I stumble upon the world of basketball in North Korea. (laughs) And there is more to this. Very strange thing. Okay. So they have have those strange rules. Um, Kim Jong-un is the current leader. His father, Kim Jong-il, is a past leader. He died uh, a while ago. Okay. They're both... Kim Jong-il... Big fan of basketball, especially the Bulls in the 90s, the Michael Jordan Bulls. Um, and his son also is a big fan of that team. Mm-hmm. And they've always wanted to have one of the Bulls, of the 90s Bulls, come and visit. But Michael Jordan said no. Scotty Pippen said no. He said no way, Jose. But there is one player who's like, sure. And I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so back in 2013, mm-hmm. um, don't know how they came up with this idea, but they, I think they heard about Kim Jong-un's love for basketball. Um, Vice proposed a game with North Korea, a basketball game. Oh, goodness. Of three Harlem Globetrotters mm-hmm. um, and a few North Korean players against the North Korean national team with Dennis Rodman. Of the 90s Bulls. Okay. Um, Big game. Maybe. Sure. (laughs) So, um, they made this whole documentary about it. It's crazy. Um, They go there. Tour around. Very creepy. Like, everything is orchestrated. So, they see what the government wants them to see. And everything's just empty. There's nobody at the bowling lanes or... Or the restaurants. Huh. It's just... It's eerie. Eerie? Very eerie. A little dark. The start of a good horror movie. It's, it's like the sides of my face. Oh, oh Eerie. Man. Okay. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Okay. That was, yeah. <laughs> I think that I win this competition just because you said that. <laughs> okay, so they... They had this camp. They, they trained some of the... Uh, the best of the under-18 North Korean basketball players. Um... And did that, uh, Dennis Rodman and the Harlem Globetrotters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they eventually had the game. Thousands of North Koreans there, all all standing there, looking the same. Uh-huh. You're only allowed to have like one of eleven haircuts for men in North Korea. Really? Yeah. One of which cannot be the same one that Kim Jong Un has. Interesting. Right now. Um, so if he changes his haircut, everyone with that well, haircut. Well, he's the only one with the haircut he has now. I don't know if... Uh, probably. How upsetting would that be? <laughs> oh, I love this haircut. I just got this yesterday. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's... I looked into the North Korean culture, and I, I don't know how much, how much of it is, like, culture, how much of it is, like, fear. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's a lot of fear that's involved, just if you got to do the right thing or mm-hmm. else, because there's... No kidding. There's been some evidence of... Um, Kim Jong-un executing orders to 
kill people. And I think I've heard there was a, there's a video of like his uncle uh-huh. being killed. So bad stuff, evil man. Very serious. Very serious. <laughs> yes. Um, but like in, uh, okay. So the basketball game. Yeah. The American players come out. Okay. North Koreans and the bleachers stand up and clap the way they're supposed to. The way they're supposed to. Um, and then Kim Jong Un himself. They call him the Marshal. Uh-uh. He comes out, people stand up, go crazy for like 10 minutes. Some people are crying. It's really weird. Interesting. Um, yeah, so he comes out, they play the game, it's fun, there's announcers, people are going crazy. Were the Americans confused the entire time by the, like, how did, wait, we're, didn't we just have 64 points, now we have 63? <laughs> no, no, they didn't, they, they played with regular rules. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Sadly. Yeah. I, I think the entire universe should adopt the new rules. Yeah, there, there actually has been some discussion about whether that would be a good thing for, like, if any of the rules would be good mm-hmm. to change, but there's mm-hmm. pros and cons. Innovation, but sometimes you gotta break some eggs. If I had to guess, North Korea's rules would not be adopted by the rest of the world. <laughs> okay, so they, go, they play the game. It's fun. Like I said, but Dennis Rodman doesn't actually play the game. He's sitting there with Kim Jong-un. Okay. And they're just talking through a translator. Looks like they're having a great time. Chatting about the game. A little smack talk, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so the, game, the game's done. And it, it's not like an official game. Like the, the uh, third quarter, I think, the Globetrotters are just doing the Globetrotter thing. Like... Mm-hmm. Jumping up on the rim. Yeah. Kicking away the balls. They're doing their use. Yeah, yeah. Entertaining people. So after the game, um, they get invited to go have dinner with Kim Jong-un. And they're the first Americans to meet Kim Jong-un. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They call it the Hermit Kingdom. Interesting. It's so closed off. They want to do everything themselves. Unless you're a basketball player. And <laughs> unless you're part of the... Bulls from the 90s. The Michael Jordan Bulls. Um, yeah, and uh, Dennis Rodman gets to know Kim Jong-un a little more. Huh. And they become friends. Interesting. Yeah, and so that's late 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, Amer- American media wasn't a big fan of what they did. They say North Korea is not a good place to be. Yeah. Not good people. You shouldn't be like praising them. I would be very nervous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would too. But but there's there's other uh there's tours all the time yeah. in North Korea that you can go on um right now, but it's just very controlled and you can take pictures of certain things, you can't take pictures of other things. Mm-hmm. Um so Dennis Rodman comes back, media storm, media frenzy. Yep. Um he makes plans to go back later with a team of past NBA All-Stars. Okay. Because they're, they're friends now. Yeah. So you just a quick weekend or go hang out. Yeah. Kim Jong-un wants them back. And they, they originally went there just to kind of ease tensions a little bit mm-hmm. between the U.S. and North Korea. And just help teach them sports. Um, yes. So they, they go back. Um, they play the game. They, they do some more camps. Mm-hmm. And this time the media catches on more and 
people are not happy. Okay. And, uh, yes. Not happy about a friendly game of basketball with different rules. <laughs> so Dennis Robin goes back. Mm-hmm. He's friends with Kim Jong-un. They play the game, but on camps. And Dennis Rodman and a few people on his team actually are invited to Kim Jong-un's personal like retreat. Mm-hmm. And Dennis Rodman said in an interview once they went water skiing together and they did karaoke together. What? Isn't that insane? <laughs> and, and uh, oh, they actually played the game on Kim Jong-un's birthday as a birthday present to him set up, nice. organized by Dennis Rodman. And a lot of the players didn't know that it was a birthday gift for him. And so they weren't super excited about that, like honoring this evil man. Yeah. Like they kind of wanted to do it to ease tensions and, and be friendly, but not, not not honor him. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis Rodman, there's a video online that we'll link to. You can see before the game, I think, Dennis Robbins sings happy birthday to him in front of everybody. Interesting. It's so awkward and weird. It's a weird thing. Um, <laughs> I wanna, after this, <laughs> let's just sit down and watch the game together. <laughs> yeah, the whole game is online. We, we'll link to that, too. Yeah, so Dennis Rodman has said in interviews that he's not a politician. He's just doing it to, to be friends with him, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to get involved in any politics or anything. But there was a man named Kenneth Bay who was taken into a a, a North Korean labor camp mm-hmm. for what they say, committing hostile acts. You can't see him, but he's doing air quotes. Air quotes. Yeah. Committing hostile acts, unquote. And he was there for 735 days. What? Just digging stuff and just doing labor that he didn't need to do. Um, and, and so Dennis Rodman said he didn't want to get involved in that stuff. Um, and in an interview, he was quite drunk. He suggested that Kenneth Bay may have done something to deserve being in the labor camp. (laughs) That's a statement. (laughs) he, He later apologized and said that he was drunk. Um, but then Kenneth Bay eventually got out a year and a half later um, two weeks after a five-minute interview mm-hmm. with CNN, and he he eventually thanked Dennis Rodman for mentioning him because he said it got things going for him and and was a catalyst for getting him hmm. back home to America. So interesting. The whole thing is like people are wondering: Does this being friends with this evil North Korean leader? accomplish anything yeah what's the point of it yeah and and if you're gonna want if you're gonna achieve peace with north korea does it come about by being friends with him and like (laughs) by a basketball from a basketball player yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. or does it come from like trade restrictions and and like a harsh fist Hmm. um but one thing that happened, which, like last year, I'm sure you heard President Trump step foot in North Korea, mm-hmm. and he's the first U.S. president to ever do that. And it's just interesting to think, like, did Dennis Rodman have anything to do with hmm. 
with the uh, current relations with North Korea. And they're, currently they're not great, but, but still. Did, did Dennis Rodman have anything to do with getting <laughs> Trump to North Korea? So interesting. Interesting. Just by going and chatting during the basketball game. Yeah. So it's impossible to say, but I just think it's interesting to see <laughs> like what works. Oh, and <laughs> here's one thing that Dennis Rodman said in an interview. He went to Guam once. They, they wanted him to come to Guam. Of course. And then once he got there, um, he found out that North Korea said they had a missile that was able to reach Guam. Mm-hmm. And they thought that by having him there, he would protect them from <gasps> nuclear threats because Kim Jong wouldn't want to... So Killed Dennis Rodman. <laughs> their strategy for not getting all killed was just, hey, let's get, get, get quick, get Kim Jong-un's friend. <laughs> we need him here. Tell him it's basketball or something. <laughs> yeah, and Dennis Rodman actually was on an episode of The Apprentice. Really? So he knows Donald Trump, too. What a little guy. He's a very weird guy. Just join a book club, <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> There's an easier way to make friends. So it's just so fascinating how such a weird guy has such powerful friends. <laughs> and, oh, man. I'm pretty sure... I, I could be wrong, but I think that's kind of where we're headed with this podcast. Just overwhelmingly powerful friends from this. You I know? think so. Well, that's the goal anyway. Yeah, that's really why we're doing this to start with. Money and fame. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Don't let anyone tell you anything. <laughs> it's like what the Bible says. Yep. Okay, any thoughts about that? I will be honest with you. When we were doing some of our research, I looked out the window and you were sitting by the window and I saw a picture on your computer of basketball. and Or of basketball players. And even with that, <laughs> I wouldn't have in a million years guessed where this conversation was going. And I, yeah, I'm not a huge basketball person, but fascinating. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I feel like I just got learned something. You done been learned. You learned me something. I learned it at you. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so that r- wraps up my time. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about the punishment for what happens for the loser. Yes. So, again, based on... How, your own yeah. your own categories. You're going to vote for one okay. of us. It's up to you. Some categories we think would be helpful for you to consider. Um, quality. <laughs> uh, quality of presentation. Quality of... Of the topic. Of the topic. Depth of research. Yeah. So it, just kind of take all that. Vote for whichever one's better. You can go to any of our social media. Mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. It's all at Learn Podcast. Yep. Um, we'll link to those below. And next episode, yes, we will, or by next episode, the loser will have done the punishment, and we'll talk yeah. a little bit about it, and you can hear how that went. Yeah, and it's going to be great, because I'll never be punished. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what should the punishment be for this one? Oh, I don't know, man. We've talked about a few different things. Eventually, what we'd like to see is uh, some of you listeners kind of writing in and saying, hey, 
I think this would be a good punishment. And if it's not horribly <laughs> uncomfortable, <laughs> then maybe we'll consider it. Um, if you leave a suggestion for a punishment in the form of a review, we will take a look at that more closely. Yeah. So, uh, hint, 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 go do that. <laughs> Please leave us a review. Oh, yeah. Reviews are very helpful. Also, if you tell one person about this podcast, that's super helpful as well. Yeah. Our goal here is to kind of play this podcast like a pyramid scheme. So, <laughs> so you tell somebody and... Um, if or you tell, you tell two people and then have them tell two people. And yeah. It wouldn't be a pyramid scheme if, if you just told one person. It would just be a line. It would be a column. That's the wrong shape. Yeah. Hey, do you think we could get Dennis on this show? Hey, Robin? Dennis. My Maybe. man. Maybe. We'll tell him there's basketball. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, well, since we don't have any listeners yet, as of pushing the button on post for this first episode, we'll have to come up with our own. Um, we had talked about one, uh, the, pers- the winner gets to choose the song or the playlist of songs that they want the loser to listen to for... An extended period of time. Like Let's say is five hours too little. Oh my goodness, or too long. Let's. How about five hours? Five hours. Okay. All right. That seems that reasonable. Reasonable, but absurd. Also, it is absurd. And I already have some really good songs <laughs> that I think you would just love by hour three. And, and so the rule is, you have to have headphones, headphones on. on. Yeah. You can't take them off. Correct. Oh wait. No, you can't take them off. Only in case of emergency or the legality of driving. <laughs> in which case, you have to restart. <gasps> so, in, oh. Five straight hours. Guys, remember how good my presentation was? <laughs> <laughs> we both do a lot of work from home, so. Yeah. So we should It'll be, be doable. Um, just all I'm asking is that you keep in mind his horrible ear pun that he made during his, when you're deciding who to vote for. Sure. Just Cons- yeah. consider whether or not you want to vote for him I'm after not, such a... <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but, but it happened. I support it, and we're leaving it in. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, do you have any more questions for me? I don't I know think we so. kind of have not talked about it in a while, but... I'm just shocked still that... First of all, your opener was gold. <laughs> Picture this. I'm sitting in my room, and what do I stumble <laughs> North Korean basketball. <laughs> all we did was potty humor for the beginning of mine. I, they're both good. Yeah. Potty humor's always good. They're both good. All right. Uh, what do you say we stop rambling on about stuff in, in the sucker? Let's do it. All right. Sounds good. Well, hey, remember... Uh, find us on Twitter or Instagram or Reddit uh, at Learn Podcast. I'll repeat that for those of you who didn't hear the first five seconds. Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, at Learn Podcast. Head over there. Give us a follow or subscribe or whatever <laughs> whatever those social media things use. <laughs> and then uh, we'll be posting about voting, so you can jump on there and do that from there. And episode two will be coming with... Some really great music for the loser. Yes, sir. And anything that we referenced throughout the show will be in the show notes. So it's just easy click away. Yep. Scroll or whatever. Yep. Podcast right. app you're using. 
Thank you guys for listening. My name's Caleb. And I'm Josiah. And this has been Learn Me Something. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>